Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. This is The Great America Show. Welcome. Thanks for being with us. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer preparing to subpoena President Biden and members of the president's family. Here's Comer announcing the committee's decision. Yeah, this is always going to end with the Bidens uh, coming in front of the committee. Uh, we are going to subpoena the family. I mean, we're putting the case together to win in court. Obviously, with all the opposition and obstruction we're getting from the Biden attorneys now, uh, we know that this is going to end up in court when we subpoena the Biden. So we're putting together a case. And I think we've done that very well. We've shown the bank records. If I had subpoenaed Joe and Hunter Biden the first day I became chairman of the committee, it would have been tied up in court and the judge would have eventually thrown it out. Because at that time, the narrative was, well, they never took any money while he was vice president. He never had any communication with his business associates. And, uh, you know, the, the, the money never came from China. We've had to go every step of the way and prove the media narrative was wrong and the vice president and the and the current president lied we have caught joe biden in so many lies i can't even count the number of lies now so we have put together a case that i think would uh, stand up in any court of law in america and we hope to hear from the biden soon but i wish the media would ask the president what exactly did your family do to receive this right. 21 million dollars that the house oversight committee has, has proven he just continues to say well that's a lie that's not true we have their bank records maria hey. bank records don't lie congressman comer on fox news meanwhile marxist dim special counsel jack smith told the federal court in washington that he and his prosecutors want trump's january 6 trial to begin on january 2nd of 2024 making clear once again, as if there were any doubt, that Smith's intention and that of the Biden regime is to interfere in the 2024 presidential election. That trial date would be a week before the Iowa caucus. The special counsel's request comes as new revelations that the January 6th committee itself destroyed its records, documents, data, and videos. All of it. The committee defying Speaker Kevin McCarthy's order that they preserve all records, evidence, and transcripts. President Trump, outraged to say the least. Here's what he had to say. Quote, The January 6th Unselect Committee got rid of everything. Discarded, deleted, thrown out. A flagrant violation of the law. They had so much to hide, and now that I have subpoena power, they didn't want to get caught. They knew exactly what they were doing an egregious criminal act and blatant disregard of the law. Can you imagine if I would have done such a thing? End quote. Well, President Biden, impaired, compromised, and a mere puppet of the Marxist Dems, did nothing whatsoever when the Communist Chinese and Russian navies sent their warships combined near Alaska. President Biden didn't utter even a mutter of protest. Joining us now to take up all of this is leading China expert, our good friend, Gordon Chang. Gordon, welcome. Great to have you back with us. 
Thanks so much. Tony Schaefer is on the road and will rejoin us next week. Gordon, let's start with China and the joint Sino-Russian Navy provocation off the coast of Alaska, clearly showing off their joint military strength. What is the message here? The assertion of joint military strength is a warning to us. If there's a war in Asia, we won't be facing just China. We'll be facing China with its friends, and those friends include Russia and North Korea. So, for instance, if China were to attack Taiwan, um, you can see the Russians go after Japan in the Northern Islands and the Kurils. And as well, I think that the North Koreans would either go after Japan or South Korea or both. So really what we're talking about is a general conflagration in East Asia. And by the way, it's not just Taiwan. At this moment, we have China with some extremely belligerent actions at Second Thomas Shoal in the South China Sea. So belligerent that on Saturday, the State Department actually issued a warning that the United States was prepared to use force to protect our Philippine ally. That's how serious the South China Sea is at this moment. The South China Sea, we have been building to these these moments for the last uh, number of years, uh, certainly the last five years. And no one obviously can predict where we go. But nonetheless, I will ask you this. Where do you think this is heading? Because I, I detect both in your voice and uh, objectively what you're saying uh, as you are deeply concerned here. I'm extremely concerned, Lou. And the reason is we know that Xi Jinping can't stop talking about war. Also, we know what he's doing. He's engaged in the fastest military buildup since the Second World War. He's trying to sanction proof his regime. He is mobilizing China's civilians for war. He's stockpiling grain and other commodities. He's surveying the United States for nuclear weapons strikes. And he's purging the Chinese military of officers who are opposed to going to war. You know, as Henry Kissinger said on June 7th, and I almost never agree with Kissinger, but this time I will. On June 7th, he told Bloomberg that war between the United States and China is probable. Then he said something has to change. Well, the Chinese aren't changing, and the Biden administration is continuing with policies that they think will prevent war, but actually are accelerating it. We have to be extremely concerned, Lou. And the Biden administration, for the first time since this uh, this president has been in the Oval Office, has actually gone against the Chinese, has warned them and has uh, withdrawn uh, ever so slightly, but uh, significantly uh, from the, the coupling uh, in terms of technology. Your, your thoughts on that? Yes, because um, we know that uh, on uh, Wednesday, Biden issued his executive order. Um, this, this order on, on prohibit prohibiting investment into certain Chinese tech sectors has too many holes in it. And also, it's a delaying tactic because it's not the issuance of prohibitions. It's really the announcement of rulemaking authority. And nobody thinks these rules will go into effect until next year. It is a step in the right direction. And we need to put political pressure on the president and Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo um, to actually issue some extremely tough rules. We know the Chinese have gotten a lot of our artificial intelligence technology. They're using NVIDIA and other American chips to power their AI and their other um, initiatives. So, yes, we need to stop this. President Trump started this process. 
President Biden doesn't really want to do that much, unfortunately. Um, and we need to put pressure on him so that he completes the job. Two issues arise from what you just said. One is uh, that uh, that this is a, a weak response designed by the Biden administration effectively to be disinformation to the American people, to be a deceit uh, in uh, response to the Chinese. Or secondly, it seems, we might also explore whether or not uh, this is posturing and theatrics on the part of Xi Jinping because the Chinese are the Chinese are masters of disinformation and deceit when it comes to their military choices. And by the way, just pure relationship choices when it comes to the West. Right. Yes. You know, on your first point, um, the people were expecting this executive order last year. And the Biden administration has been delaying and delaying and delaying. They've been consulting industry, which is not a sin in itself. But then they've got a proposed rulemaking, which means more consultations with industry, which means that the Biden administration is not particularly serious about these uh, rules. And and we know that all these, as, as I said, it's, it's good that they're there in a sense, but um, there are just too many holes in this. We Americans, and this is not just a Biden problem, but this is an American problem. We Americans have a firm distinction between civil and military, and it, it just pervades our thinking. In China, they don't. There is no distinction. There's this doctrine of military-civil fusion where the military gets everything it wants. Everybody is subject to the dictates of the Communist Party. And if we're going to have investment restrictions, we need to have restrictions that cover every Chinese party, not just particular ones, which the Biden administration is trying to do. You know, with regard to your second point on Chinese deception, Chinese deception goes back to the warring states period, you know, like three millennia ago. Um, and so the Communist Party is, in a sense, you could say nothing new. But the point is, with this war posturing, it can create facts on the ground. So, for instance, these dangerous intercepts of planes and ships in the global commons one of those could easily spiral into war. Also, right now in the Chinese political system, only the most hostile answers are considered to be acceptable, which means that if something happens, even something minor, it could very well spiral out of control because of what's occurring in Beijing. You put all this together, Lou, and we have an administration that is oblivious. Very little sense of urgency in the Oval Office, very little sense of urgency at the top of the Pentagon. Uh, and that, in a perverse way, may be a good thing, because the last thing uh, that we would want is aggressive stupidity and ineptitude. And what we have uh, is stupidity and ineptitude, as well as the darkest corrupt forces that we have ever had in our uh, ad presidential administration, this country's history. So I'm I'm not I'm frankly, conflicted about what I want uh, this administration to do. Uh, they, it is a frightening concept to think that this impaired puppet of a president is the commander in chief, should we, uh, irrespective of whether we go to war. But in the case of war, uh, it, it's unthinkable. Yes. And, and by the way, um, if we put aside Biden's intentions for the moment, we can see what he is doing um, is accelerating war. He's issuing a lot of hollow warnings. The Chinese know those warnings are hollow. 
they are therefore acting more aggressively. And so really what we are seeing on the belligerence of uh, Xi Jinping can be directly traced in large measure to Biden policies. Um, you know, that's a long conversation, but the point is you're absolutely right about that. We need a Ronald Reagan. We need someone who means what he says, who backs up his words, and who speaks, and, and many times, softly. Um, we didn't go to war with the Soviet Union. That's because Reagan had the right playbook. Biden is making every single mistake in the book. We're going to take this up further with Gordon Chang as we uh, discuss China's intentions and possible strategies going forward. And what in the world is the United States of America to do with Joe Biden as Commander-in-Chief in these perilous times. The Great America Show continues in just one moment. Please stay with us. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back. Thanks for staying with us. And we're talking with Gordon Chang. I believe the country's uh, preeminent uh, expert on China and the entire Indo-Pacific and uh, Southeast Asia region of the world. Uh, Gordon, thanks, of course, for being here. China's plan uh, seems to be in part, aside from the military threats that are ominous, as you suggest, there is certainly a plan on the part of the Chinese to take down the United States uh, dollar uh, to take down U.S. markets and indeed our economy. Give us your thinking uh, on that threat. Well, first of all, we got to remember that the Communist Party views the U.S. as an existential threat, not because of anything that we say or do, but because of who we are. Because you have an uh, insecure regime in Beijing um, is worried about the inspirational impact of our values and our form of governance on the Chinese people. And that regime in Beijing right now is extremely insecure. You know, after these floods, um, it was very clear the Chinese people are not having any of it with the Communist Party anymore. And especially with that series of protests that began last October uh, and continued through this year, um, Chinese people right now are in a revolutionary mood. Now, they're not at the moment creating a revolution because of the uh, totalitarian control Xi Jinping has put in place. But China very much is a, um, a volatile society. And we know this not only from what we're seeing uh, from the Chinese people, but we're seeing um, basically China fall into an economic uh, collapse. So that is another factor that is making China really dangerous at this moment. 
dangerous? And how do you think, give us, give us some sense of your thinking on the dollar and the efforts by China uh, to supplant the dollar, whether it be with uh, digital currency, whether it be uh, with the the one the RMB, uh, you know, as a substitute, uh, I can't imagine it uh, being successful, whatever the strategy is. But you're thinking on it. Yeah, certainly. If we go back nine months, there was an intensified push by Xi Jinping to attack the dollar. Um, there was this idea of a common BRICS currency. Uh, the mm -hmm. BRICS or, uh, organization is uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Um, and Beijing was pushing the idea of a common currency for that grouping. Also, we just saw from Chinese propaganda its attack on the dollar. Um, and it was malicious and it was constant every day. Um, since that time, uh, and this goes to your point about China not being successful, um, the Chinese currency is in a swoon. Um, it passed the seven to one um, link, seven UN to one US dollar. Um, people are now talking about a massive devaluation in China as the only way out for the country. So their plans on supplanting the dollar are on hold. But nonetheless, we have seen their intentions. And when they are able to write their society if they can. And I actually don't think they can. But if they can, they're going to go after the greenback again. Because we've seen this time and time again, Lou. The Chinese want to knock out the dollar and replace it with the renminbi. And by the way, they have at least uh, a tacit support uh, globally, uh, not uh, uniformly or uh, wholly, but certain uh, nations would be delighted for BRICS to succeed. Uh, and we also understand that this is an alliance not only of economies uh, and currencies, but it is an alliance of ideological, uh, I think, if not soulmates, at least compatriots. Uh, would you not agree? I'd certainly agree. You know, when I look at um, the, uh, the B part of the BRICS, um, the Biden administration worked very hard to elect Lula in the beginning of, at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. um, who is a leftist? And what did Lula do um, to pay back the friendship and the support of uh, President Biden? Well, Lula went to Beijing, criticized the U.S., you know, has been talking about all sorts of ways of ditching the dollar. Um, you know, fortunately, Brazil and China have their own differences, so they may not be able to, you know, China may not be able to corral Brazil the way China thinks. But nonetheless, this was absolutely unnecessary. We see in the Middle East, we see in North Africa, um, a Biden administration that is supporting America's traditional enemies and, you know, snubbing our friends. And that's why American policy in many parts of the world is just in collapse. Uh, this is a man-made collapse. The man being in the Oval Office, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest, Washington, D.C., yeah, it, 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 as you as you just survey uh, any part of the globe right now, you see some engagement, some involvement and sometimes greater uh, energy on the part of the Chinese than ever before. Uh, sending, uh, as President Biden has, another 3000 troops to the Middle East, uh, primarily to be there to escort ships uh, in, in the Persian Gulf uh, and through uh, through the Red Sea. Uh, 
you're th- the thinking ha- to me uh, on this by the administration is pedestrian at best for foreign policy. Uh, it's reflexive and makes not a lick of sense because I'm not really sure who are supposed to be our friends in the Middle East uh, at this very moment. Is Saudi Arabia such a, uh, a nation? It's act. Its actions of late have certainly not been uh, been so. Uh, who is it we're supporting right now in the Middle East and whose interests? We're supporting Iran. We're supporting Algeria. And in where it counts, which Niger and other parts of North Africa, we are which are on fire. We are we're just not there. We're allowing China and Russia to take over uh, North Africa. You know, you talked about Saudi Arabia, which I think is instructive. You know, President Trump had great relations with Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince, MBS. Biden, when he was running for president, um, campaigned on making MBS a pariah over the Khashoggi murder. And that's a complicated issue. But the point is, um, now MBS is doing all he can to usher China into the region and to push us out. Um, and this is, this is um, of course, serious because it has all sorts of implications. But we do not want China and Iran as the major powers in the Middle East because they are up to, as you can imagine, no good, including spreading nuclear weapons and ballistic missile technology. So this is a disaster that was created by Biden. The other disaster, which will be tomorrow's, is Morocco and Algeria. Morocco, I think, was the first country in the world to recognize the United States. Morocco is a U.S. friend, has been consistently over the course of centuries. And we are now helping Algeria take apart Morocco. Um, President Trump was great. He recognized um, uh, Morocco's claims to the Western Sahara. I know this is getting a little weedy, but this is tomorrow's crisis. And we had a great relationship with Morocco. Now we don't, thanks to the guy at the Oval Office. What did Biden do that uh, to rupture such a relationship? Biden has, um, first of all, uh, President Trump, um, first of all, we recognized during the Trump years, Morocco sovereignty over the Western Sahara. And um, we promised to put a, our consulate in Dakla, which is a strategic port on the Atlantic Ocean. The Biden administration is not opening up that consulate, despite our promise to do so. Um, we saw Barbara Leaf of the State Department praise Algeria for its support of the Palestinians. Um, we are getting pro-Palestinian, pro-Algerian statements out of the State Department all the time. And Morocco is extremely concerned. Remember, Morocco signed one of those Abraham Accords with Israel. That was a great diplomatic triumph. In a fair world, President Trump would have got the Nobel Peace Prize for it. But of course, this isn't a fair world if your last name begins with a T and ends with a P. Yeah, it's, it, it is really amazing how, how destructive every policy of this administration has been from the inception. Uh, whether it's the Keystone Pipeline to foreign policy, uh, unmitigated disasters uh, around the globe. Uh, it is not only his reach to uh, our enemies, uh, and I'm talking about China, I'm talking about Iran, but we have to remember, you, you said this originated with Biden, and I really think much of this is the third, the third term 
of Barack Obama. Uh, there is so much apologia. There is so much uh, destructiveness in it uh, and a denial of our exceptionalism, but also a denial of our global interests uh, as the United States. We're going to take all of this up with Gordon Chang when we continue here in just a moment. Stay with us. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with Gordon Chang. Thanks for staying with us. And let me go to the point. This administration uh, of the first 100 hires, 70 were Obama former Obama officials. Uh, this is, in every way, uh, it seems to me, to be the third term that uh, Barack Obama himself spoke of uh, as uh, leading from behind. Uh, he's moving more to the forefront, don't you think? Yes, I, I think so. Um, but, you know, whatever is going on in this black box of the White House, um, we know that um, the administration is pursuing uh, policies that directly undermine the United States. You know, just to give you an example, you mentioned the Keystone Pipeline a few moments ago. You know, Biden campaigned um, saying, well, you know, Trump didn't talk to our allies. He, he upset them. Well, the first thing that one of the first things that Biden did when he took over was he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. It made Ottawa furious at us. I mean, Canada, I think, is an important ally. We share a long, undefended border with them. We shouldn't be irritating them unnecessarily. Um, and this is just an example of the anti-American policies that Biden has followed. You know, we can say whether it's Obama or not. I tend to think it is, but I'm not in Biden's head. But this is really serious, Lou. Well, I think that one of those for fortunate happenstances is not being in Joe Biden's head. That's that seems like hostile and dangerous territory, indeed. Vacant uh, territory. <laughs> absolutely, uh, I I think it's pretty clear uh, that Obama has immense uh, influence. We we were talking earlier about reaching out to Iran to get them the 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 bomb for golly. I mean, good grief! I mean, what are we thinking? But to see this perpetuated through this administration after President Trump had sealed the deal to not go forward uh, and to protect U.S. interest. America first. You can't find an America first uh, strategic uh, policy and result anywhere in this administration in the over two and a half years it's been in office, can you? No. And, and you know, whatever label we put on it, America first or whatever, 
Trump's foreign policies were extraordinarily successful, whether we're talking about the Middle East or elsewhere. We had a great relationship in the Middle East. We had Iran back into a box. And when Biden came in uh, pursuing these Obama policies, what we did was we disheartened the Gulf Cooperation Council countries. We disheartened Saudi Arabia. And we opened the door for China to come in and commit all sorts of acts of mischief in the region, especially with um, um, China supporting Iranian initiatives and backing Iran with cash. Um, and much of this done out of the sight of the international community. So, yeah, this is this is Obama policies in the Middle East, and they weren't successful during Obama's years. And they've been disastrous in the Biden years. Absolutely disastrous. And a lot of our discussion today has been about geopolitics, as it would, would be, uh, and the threats, the military threats, the existential threats that China now poses uh, uh, to much of the world, but certainly to the United States. And it has now the capacity to carry out many of those threats. Uh, we find so much of the insinuation of the Chinese interest in this country, whether it be the president of the United States drawing down the strategic petroleum reserves. That's debilitating to begin with. Uh, it is uh, with, in my opinion, it is an act that has to be investigated. Uh, and, but the national media did nothing. The Republicans did nothing uh, and except CARP which is ineffective to begin with. Uh, this is uh, the farmland that's being bought up, the strategic real estate that's being bought up near our some of our most sensitive military bases uh, and defense bases in the country. And now we have just one little story. China has a bio lab in California. And I don't see articles or, or commentators exploring how many more are there and what are the relationships and how is it that we were actually giving China money uh, to carry out a, a, a black operation within our, uh, our own country with uh, dangerous uh, uh, biochemical warfare agents? Yes, the, the illicit lab in Reedley, California, near Fresno. Um, had at least 20 pathogens, pathogens for 20 separate diseases, and probably a lot more because they couldn't catalog them all. Also, there were almost a thousand mice that had been engineered to transmit disease. And there were chemical, viral, biological agents there galore. Um, this is ex extremely serious um, because as you point out, this is probably not the only facility that China has in the United States. This is, it gets even more important because we have um, Chinese saboteurs coming across our southern border. Um, we have noticed uh, packs of males, Chinese males of military age, groups of five to 15 coming across our border, unaccompanied by family members, uh, pretending not to speak English. Border Patrol knows that some of these individuals have known links to the Chinese military. And they're being released into our country when we're not tracking them. We don't know exactly how many are here, Lou, but I would suspect that uh, it's numbers about uh, increases like 100 or so every day. So we're talking about a number in the thousands. And these individuals will link up with these biological weapons labs in the U.S. to spread disease. 
Uh, they'll be doing other things as well, um, blowing up our grid, poisoning our water, spreading wildfires, creating terror in shopping malls. Um, we haven't really thought through this, but we know that a Biden administration is not paying attention. It's not paying attention or it's complicit and is supportive of those Chinese uh, initiatives in our own country. Which do you think it really is? Yeah. Whatever it is, it's exceedingly dangerous. And it happens at a time when we have unprecedented number of Chinese coming across our border. And 99% of the Chinese are who they say they are. They're just desperate to leave China. Well, that tells us that Xi Jinping is um, probably desperate himself because his country's falling apart. And while his country is falling apart, he is gathering the means to attack America from American soil. And so we won't, you know, we won't know when war is started because probably war will start from those biological weapons facilities you mentioned, that they'll spread disease in the weeks or months before an anticipated conflict. That is to hobble the American population. We saw what COVID-19 did because of government shutting down American society, um, plus all the other things. So, Lou, on the first day of fighting in Asia, there's going to be fighting on American soil. This will be the first time since the War of 1812 that Americans have fought a prolonged engagement on their own homeland. And without any effort on the part of this administration or, frankly, any previous administration to create a, a, a successful, strong civilian militia, uh, to have a strong uh, civil uh, service uh, agency uh, for whether it be for self-defense, whether it be for defense against uh, an enemy that is attacking the United States, we are singularly unprepared. Uh, wantonly so on the part of this administration, in my opinion, because the the signs are, are as you have uh, vividly uh, described them here today, uh, unmistakable. Yes. And, and let's remember, civil defense, as you point out, is critical. The only reason that we know about that Chinese lab in Reedley, California, is because a building inspector happened to be driving by and he noticed that a hose was connected to in a building which was supposed to be abandoned. But for a sharp-eyed building inspector, that operation would still be going on today. And so it's up to us as Americans to defend our own country, because obviously we have a president who doesn't want to. So at least until while Biden's, while Biden's in office, it's going to be up to us to protect ourselves. Gordon, uh, as always, a fascinating discussion with you. Thanks so much for being with us here today. We always give our guests the last word. Your concluding thoughts, Gordon, if you will. Lou, it, it is, um, you know, a particularly dangerous time in history because um, we have uh, a malicious state um, assaulting us. We have a president who's not protecting us. We have the Chinese threatening the use of nuclear weapons. So this is the most dangerous time in history. People will point to the Cuban Missile Crisis or the Checkpoint Charlie Crisis of 61 and 62 as being more dangerous. They look more dangerous on the outside, but we know from the archives that uh, neither Khrushchev nor Kennedy were willing to use nukes. I'm afraid that Xi Jinping and maybe even Vladimir Putin would use their most destructive weapons. So it's going to be up to us to get through a very, very difficult and consequential moment. Gordon Chang, thanks so much. We appreciate it. God bless you, Gordon.
God bless you, Lou, and thank you so much. Gordon Chang, a great American, and thanks for being with us, Gordon, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Joining us Monday, our guest will be Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg, retired former National Security Advisor to Mike Pence and to President Trump. Kellogg, who also served President Trump on his National Security Council, he just endorsed President Trump over the former Vice President Mike Pence. Please join us Monday. You don't want to miss it. And follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. Our website is LouDobbs.com. Hope you'll join us here Monday. Till then, thanks, God bless you, and may God bless America.